0: Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are women helping women to read their Bibles in the Dayton region and beyond. In order to equip our sisters to dig into scripture, we have started an initiative called At Home in the Word. This podcast series is one of multiple resources created by our team to help you increase your confidence in your own personal study of God's Word on this season of the podcast we will be focusing on the overall meta narrative of scripture and the specific genres of scripture so grab your bible and a notebook and listen in Ladies, it's that time of year. Summer is around the corner, and we are looking for volunteers interested in helping with summer study. If you are interested in learning more about this service opportunity, email Dayton Women in the Word at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. This is your host, Jillian. Today I'm sitting here with my friend Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. We are going to talk here in a minute all about the Psalms, but before we do that, will you just give our listener kind of a a brief intro to who you are and what God has you up to in this season of your life?
1: I'm going to say a brief intro to who you are. It's like, okay, who I am (laughs) in this season
0: in my life.
1: (laughs) It's a really,
0: really broad question that we answer.
1: I I would just say I'm a teacher by trade, Mm -hmm. and that's my heart. I'm a mother of three. I Mm -hmm. had three in three years, actually Mm -hmm. three. In under three years, and um, that she in of itself
0: relates with me. Yeah, I've got. Yeah. I'm my oldest is four, and I'm about to have a fourth yeah. <laughs> one of them is not mine biologically but I feel like I've had a nonetheless clean. you're caring for yeah, there's a lot yes. Yes. yeah yeah
1: so I remember when we got pregnant with a third just praying that my husband would still want to come home and was very concerned that house would turn into chaos and I'm a person of order mm-hmm. and um, it was beautiful I mean mm-hmm. God gave them to you so mm-hmm. God will help you care for them and manage but um, yeah. teaching is my trade so it was kind of mm-hmm. like let's just teach these three kids that mm-hmm. God has given me I was a state home mom. Mm. And some point along the road when the third got into kindergarten, first grade, I went back to substitute teaching Mm. with a heart to teach an elementary classroom Mm. with a beautiful bulletin boards and desks arranged just so and a lesson (laughs) plan book that others envied. Mm. And God completely derailed that about Mm. three years into substituting and Mm. said, I'll give you a plan book But the textbook is going to look different and your Mm -hmm. audience is not going to be third graders, but it's going to be women sitting Mm -hmm. and learning my book and you're Mm -hmm. going to teach it. And so um, I think the part that I think is so beautiful is that, first of all, Jolene, he created me to be a teacher, mm. so he has every right to change the classroom. Mm. I had to <laughs> surrender that with great yeah. tears of grief because I had dreamt of being a teacher like my mom mm-hmm. since I was in sixth grade. And wow. so I think that's part of holding your dreams and what you feel God is leading you to very loosely mm-hmm. because he has the right because I'm his mm-hmm. and he, I'm his vessel and his servant. And so it took longer than I want to admit to make that switch yeah. over to being okay with it. Okay with it. Because he's gonna do it anyways. Yeah. Like it mattered. Yeah. But it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch him use you in his classroom. But one of the biggest elements for me is that I'm an elementary teacher by trade. Mm-hmm elementary. So I am i didn't teach college. I didn't teach prof. Yeah. like I wasn't a professor. Yeah. Elementary. So you take elementary principles and you bring them forth in an engaging way mm. for the students to be able to grow on that each year they're in school. Mm. And so that's how he has me teaching his word mm. in an elementary fashion so that it's not so theological and so deep mm. that the women can't get it. But Yet we go there as they are ready, like kindergarten to fifth grade. Yeah, they are so much learning they've done. Yeah, and he showed me graciously how he wanted me to do that with teaching his word. Yeah, that's such an important foundation
0: it and is. and much of why we invited Lisa here today. I'm already so encouraged. <laughs> yes, I'm pumped. Let's go. So let's talk about the Psalms now. So can you just describe the Psalms um, for mm. us? Give us those elementary principles about the Psalms.
1: The elementary principles is that it's poetry. Hmm. It's a lot of different poetry. It's written a lot of different ways, and I can – like I did some research, and mm-hmm. I found, again, those big words that represent the poetry. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if anybody actually knows what um, what those wor- big words mean. <laughs> like not unless you remember your – English class from,
0: I don't know, maybe we have some English majors yeah, that are listening yeah. to this that could so they So they'll, they'll let you us. know
1: on Facebook when you post this podcast, they're going to come out and they're going to give you those. And I could attempt to pronounce them, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's those, the restating the concepts. And then you've mm-hmm. got like Psalm 119, unless you know the Hebrew, you're not going to know that that's an acrostic poem. Mm-hmm. And in elementary, we do acrostic poems. Mm-hmm. The most famous acrostic poem that an elementary student will do is mom Dad, or their name, or family—they mm-hmm. take something that is known to them, and it's huge in context to know that that the Israelites, like this, was their language, so mm-hmm. it helped them in memorization. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 119 is that's an acrostic poem. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jillian when God revealed Psalm 119 to mm-hmm. me; it changed my whole perspective of mm-hmm. the Psalms. Yeah. Up to that point, I felt like it was a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. and anger and mm-hmm. resentment and cry out and woe is me, Mm -hmm. but as you started to see how beautiful the Psalms are, and when I did a little research to see how David wrote those Psalms and what was he doing when he wrote those times, Mm -hmm. that time of poetry, and I I don't know, just want to read, because John Piper, I thought about rephrasing it, and then I thought, who really wants to rephrase John Piper? (laughs) He said it so well, so I thought, I'll just read it. John says, I define poetry as an effort to share a moving experience by using language that is chosen and structured differently from ordinary prose. Sometimes it rhymes, sometimes it doesn't. And I'll tell you, my most favorite poet is Dr. Seuss. (laughs) I just read One Fish, Two Fish. I memorized kids. the Cat in the Hat when I was yeah. in first grade. Uh-huh. I got it, my very first edition. I got it from a share, a, a given share, or bring in show and tell. Maybe it was, mm-hmm. but I. That's what that's what clicks with me. So sometimes when you read the Psalms in English, mm-hmm. it, you're not seeing it. You're not. You're seeing. not
0: hearing. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing those rhythms that they right, had, right? Right,
1: yes. or that rhyming. It's yeah. not rhyming in our language, but it rhymed. In their language. Mm. So sometimes it has a regular cadence, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But most most always, the poet has experienced something. Mm. Experienced something. Something horrible or wonderful or ordinary. And he feels that he must share it. Mm. So using words differently from ordinary prose is a poet's way of trying to awaken something of his experience in his Mm. reader. Mm -hmm. And... When I think of
0: that, I think it is rather emotional. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could probably say it's one of the, I don't know, I guess that's more of a subjective call, but one of the, the more emotional books of the Bible, um, because the different authors are trying to express different things um, in response to what's going on in their lives.
1: Well, when you say emotional, Jelena, what do you say? What do you mean by emotional? Like a basket case? <laughs> no. Let I us talk think, to the pregnant woman about emotions.
0: <laughs> yes, please.
1: <laughs> we could be here all day. But I Maybe do. we should talk to your husband I do. about emotions. <laughs>
0: it's so funny because you know he's uh, his he's very much the logical thinker mm. in our family. I mean, we kind of we really do fit into two separate categories there. but I do think when I read the Psalms, I experience anger, I experience sadness, mm. I experience joy. Um, there's there's a lot there to the emotional experience, I think.
1: It would. I mean, everything I read said that it creates an awe within us because Mm. our emotions, from the beginning to the end, are laid out in the psalm, Mm. which goes back to the Song of Solomon. Which there's nothing new under the under the Mm. sun. Nothing. Mm. Even though, I keep hitting this. I hope it's not affecting it. I'm such a talker with my hands. and um, I love that that's coming through on the podcast. Right nobody now. can see that, but I I'm, I see a concern across the way because I keep st- tapping it. But the truth is that, that that is so comforting to me because the enemy can convince me that I am the only one that is struggling with this, and it is new under the sun, and then he isolates me in that emotion. Mm. But reading the psalm truly will touch on every one of those emotions. And I often will say in my simplistic manner that it doesn't matter what he was going through, but the emotion he feels matches mine Hmm. because his experience will be different. And therefore then I can the enemy can even use that to say, well, you can't really connect with him on that level because that's not what you're going through. Mm. But it yields the same emotion, mm-hmm. which then the enemy can pull me into a dark place mm-hmm. and, and pull me away from God because I'm experiencing that betrayal or that loneliness or distrust yeah. or betrayal. Yeah. yeah. I feel and
0: in, in, in a lot of ways it gives us permission mm. to feel. I mean, we don't and and, and also you know the prescription isn't necessarily like you should feel the same way but permission in that you can feel and you should bring those feelings to the lord i mean there's a very bitter psalm i'm thinking about where that jarred me when we were studying ezra and nehemiah because uh, there's a psalm that comes in around that time range of the psalmist who is very bitter against what the Babylonians has done mm-hmm. have, have done to them and their children and the phrase that i cannot get out of my mind is blessed are they that dashes their babies against the rocks or something like that and you know here i have four babies and i'm thinking when i read this like how mm-hmm. can anybody say something like that there's this sort of spirit of judgment in me however if you look in the context of that that had happened to them. Mm-hmm. So if that happened to my babies, if someone had done that to my babies, could I honestly say that I wouldn't have any bitter thoughts or feelings that wouldn't seem jarring to yeah. someone else? No, I think I would be acting out of sort of this animal um, rage mm-hmm. and sadness. And um, and what's happening in that psalm is that that uh, that psalmist is expressing those feelings to the lord and the lord isn't surprised by them. You know, I think that's the yeah. thing that's beautiful is that we we see the and we if we don't know the story behind it, then we can kind of fall into judgment mode instead of realizing that god is saying, "Hey, I'm not scared of those. I want
1: you to bring those to me." Yeah. 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 Well, and it just in in studying the history of it, realizing that it's that Psalms was Israel's ancient hmm. hymn book. Hmm. So go to the context of that and the history of that, and and just for one second, step into Sunday morning worship. Mm-hmm. Um, five years ago, we went through a really nine-week traumatic of losing my mom mm-hmm. to cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband can testify to this that it was several years, I will, a couple, I would say mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. where I could not come into worship mm-hmm. without tears. Mm-hmm and every sunday the tears were generated from from a different emotion mm-hmm. i mean i went through a period of being angry mm-hmm. that not that she left me but how she but how she decided to exit i went through a period obviously of loneliness of missing my best friend my mm-hmm. mom and not being able to call her so if you think of the Psalmist that Psalms was their hymn book, yeah, now, we don't have hymn books. I mean, we can find them in the storage closet somewhere in a box probably because right. it seems wrong to get rid of them just mm-hmm. like the Bibles that you don't yeah. really use anymore because you've gotten a new translation or right. a different study Bible. But I haven't encountered anybody that is that is clear conscience and just throwing out a hymnal, right. Um but we've taken the the worship artists, have taken the hymns and re, phrased them re put them to different music. Aranged. See, I'm not musically yeah. inclined either. Right, right. Yeah. And so when we come into worship, those songs oftentimes say mm. what we cannot find in our hearts to say. Mm. And that's why I couldn't I couldn't sing, I couldn't lift my hands. And finally my husband asked me if I was okay because before I mm. lost mom, I was like right on the second row with my hands lifted high and my feet moving and I was all but when you go through those dark times, for whatever that emotion is that you're feeling way down deep, yeah. those hymns, those psalms, those worship songs speak what you what you cannot say. And yeah. D. A. Carson, I have um, a, a book that I've read by him, and he he states in there that the psalms should really con- be consciously brought into a believer a christian's walk every day hmm. um not i have not stumbled upon or found a reading plan hmm. my husband and i were talking about it this morning um i think the best is just to get into it mm-hmm. to read it i have not sung any of them but yet i'm sure that i've sung some you know when you sing at <laughs> yeah. him and you're like oh my gosh oh, that's a verse in that, scripture that came from this yeah, yeah i'm wondering you know talking
0: with my um if talking with my worship pastor here at Apex, you know he would be able to identify some of those for me because now I'm curious about yeah. it. But I do think that brought, brought up a story in my mind of a gal that had just really struggled for a long period of time in our house church. It was like mm. I, it felt like like two years to me. She could mm. probably correct me on that, but she was in the Psalms, um, and at, at some point, you know, it felt like she was like, well, at, every time we would come to to quad which is kind of where we talk about where we're at in scripture and what God's teaching us um and how we can pray for one another she'd say well i'm in the psalms again and like just like don't apologize for that like that's beautiful and and you know it gives it, it gives encouragement to those of you who just you don't need to apologize mm. for being where you're at i think it's you know there's a place in the bible that i think is a really beautiful place to go when you're Feeling any kind of emotion, really, but um, to relate, um, Psalms is a great place to go in those in those times for sure. Um, and to sing them, if you know where the hymns are that, that yeah. come out, or if there. you have
1: some kind of a beat or or something yes. going on there, I got none of it. So yeah,
0: oh, I'm I'm right there with you, girl. So, uh, what are some of the purposes behind this literary style? If you could speak to that, like why? How do you think Psalms is even in the Bible?
1: Well, it brings forth much wisdom. Hmm. I mean, there were there were five things that were that were pointed out that I knew, but again, I didn't have those theological technical terms to go with it. Just the wisdom it's in the Psalms, the hmm. instruction for right living hmm. and and being able to. Because many of us. I think a teacher, for me, I like to point out what the expectations are for mm-hmm. a student. So it's very common for me to point out the expectations that God has for us. Mm-hmm. So there's definite wisdom in there. If we're lacking wisdom, Proverbs speaks aloud about, a lot about it, yeah. but it definitely is in Psalms as mm-hmm. well. And then there's lamentations, you know, the the, the lamenting, mm-hmm. the crying out, which we've talked a lot about. I'm mm-hmm. in jeremiah which i've mm. been there since july and I keep <laughs> you're hanging asking out there. to be freed from there <laughs> and each time i'm asked to be freed from there which talks specifically to what you were saying with the the mothers eating the children and killing yeah. the children and watching it before them and we're like yeah. lord this is so depressing but yeah. what i've just a side note what i've noticed in jeremiah is that he lived his call to the fullest even though it was not anything like what we would think the glamour of a call would be. Mm. He was basically called to live a very tough life, Mm -hmm. teaching the prophecy of what God has asked him to say. Mm -hmm. And nobody received it. (laughs) And he was threatened and killed. I mean, when you read Jeremiah and then you get into the Psalms, it just like the Psalms make so much of the Bible makes Mm -hmm. sense. So the lamenting, the pangs of life, the, the, the heartache, which we've talked about, yeah. and then there's the the penitence, the repentance, the turn back, turn away from, and turn towards. We've been mm. taught that since we were kids. What does it mean to really say that I'm sorry? What does mm. it mean to really say I repent of my sins? You mm. see, you see that with David when with um, Bathsheba, mm-hmm. and it's just the more I study the word outside of the psalm. And then I come into the psalm, the more of the word I understand. Hmm. It's really and and I mean one of the things you wanted to talk about was a New Testament. Yeah. But to think about the apostles, the disciples. The Psalms is what they had. Yes. So the Psalm is one of the most quoted in the mm-hmm. New Testament mm-hmm. out of any of anything else in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus. Timothy Keller has that Songs of Jesus book I brought it with. Oh, I mean, it yeah. just really opened my eyes. to He walks you through the whole Psalms. Yeah. And it's the Songs of Jesus. I was like, that doesn't even make sense with the Psalm. <laughs> right. So there's always something new to learn yeah. about the Psalms. And then there's kingship. Hmm. I did a little digging and realizing um, this year I bought a a new Bible. It's the NLT. I study from the ESV and and the NAS. I go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But when I'm reading for pleasure which I do think you should read the word for pleasure, mm. not just for studying. Mm. And it's like God and I are hanging out at Panera or Starbucks together. <laughs> the NLT is what I read. Yeah. I feel that it's, it's that elementary in me. Like, Lord, yeah. could you just not use your big words that you use when you're in front of <laughs> yeah. the whole class? Right. Could you just sit with me? And yeah. so I've got a yellow uh, colored pencil. Mm. And, and this Bible is specifically to read and to highlight where I see him. Hmm. Only him anything that has to do with him. And the Psalm is just filled with images of not just God, but Jesus Christ Mm. and the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so seeing all of that to have a Bible that got, I mean, he led me to do that this year and to open that up. Now my, when I say this year, like my year runs from here to here. So wherever he started, (laughs) we'll do that for a year. And so this is not like, I know it's January and they're like, wow, you should really (laughs) be digging into that (laughs) living translation. No, I've been at it for a few months. So this year is another season, another year that he's given me.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I have a friend, her name's Kelly. Uh, she's done a lot with date women in the word. Uh, she marks in her Bible with a cross every time yeah. she sees Christ. Um, and the beautiful thing about that is she does that with the Psalm. She does that with anywhere in the old Testament where it points to, um, Jesus Our and Savior. yeah, that's great. And I love the idea of getting away with God. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we, I think one of the things, um, someone asked me recently as I've been studying through first, second, and third John is, what do you think it practically looks like to be the one that Jesus loved? Mm -hmm. Like John called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Mm And um, that was one of the things I told her was not apologizing for the time that you spend in God's word or with him in, in in communion with him. And I went to um, a Starbucks the other day and I was doing some teach prep and it was just really beautiful to watch the people around me respond to me having an open Bible. I. I I thought it was really a normal thing for my life, but it was not a normal thing for them to see. And I guess I just realized what a ministry it was for me to be having a date with Jesus
1: in public. I hear of a lot of pastors that leave their office to go out to a public restaurant or coffee bar to study. Yeah, Isn't there... You I mean, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I've noticed there's like some for some reason the Bible looks different Mm. on a table (laughs) than a textbook. Yeah. And you can tell, like one Christian to the other, it's like you can tell what they're reading. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have a desire to go sit at their table and talk to them. But that has to be the same for somebody who isn't familiar with the Bible. They look at it and think, that doesn't look like my textbook. Mm. Wonder what they're reading. My dad is a pastor. He
0: goes to the same breakfast establishment every morning, very purposefully. I think Mm -hmm. maybe at some point he started it because uh, it gave him sort of a rhythm because he works from home most of the time. He has an office at church now, but at the time, um, he did most of his prepping at home. So he would kind of start his day by going out, and that was like a transition point to to into his work day when yeah. he came home he he worked but he went to that he still goes to the same breakfast establishment every day and those people a lot of them have become parishioners at his church because of the relationship that they yeah. have and their curiosity into his relationship with God and so i just love that and wasn't ex- wasn't purposely trying to do right. that. I That's was the just beautiful trying. part of it, yeah. Jillian, is yeah. you're like,
1: well, I'm not going to get up today and boast of my Bible. And What coffee establishment <laughs> can I go to I so know. I can let them know, know how great I am? I'm going to read my word out. Yeah. That's not why you went. Right, exactly. It was very much,
0: I was just wanting to be there with the yeah. Lord and, and thankful for that time because I know that quiet time especially, you know, I don't need that, but it's so appreciated. When it happens like I, I think just especially as stay-at-home mom it's like such an adjustment to come to the point of um of i can be with the lord here in the loud <laughs> as well as in the quiet but it's a big gift it's well a big don't gift.
1: discount jillian just yeah. a word of encouragement i often god has shown me often how to um mirror my relationship with my husband and and my relationship with him. Yeah. So I really believe I did not see you at this coffee establishment. But I <laughs> see you now. Yeah. And I see how your face and your eyes light up and sparkle when you mm. talk about the word. Mm. I've witnessed it before mm. and being in different places with you. Mm. So part of me is probably assuming it wasn't just necessarily the opening of the word, mm. but the pure enjoyment and peace mm. that you had mm-hmm. in being there, much as if you watched a couple across a coffee shop yes. holding hands across the table, looking into each, each other's eyes. And if things weren't going well in your life, you would look at them and think, I wish I had that. Yes. And I really believe where the presence of the Spirit is, others can sense it. Yes. And so you being there and mm-hmm. just real enjoyment with a date yes. with your God. Or the Bride of Christ. Yes. Yeah, and we you were probably the, radiating. Yeah. And we obviously, because you didn't set out to do that, you right. wouldn't know that. Yeah. But that also probably was a draw, not mm-hmm. just the book that you had in front of you. Yeah. Beautiful,
0: beautiful encouragement for us all, for sure. Uh, let's get back to the Psalms. <laughs> we just—that was such a beautiful rabbit trail. But let me bring us back and ask:
1: What are some challenges do you mm. think we have when we open up the Psalms? Well, I would say that my the number one challenge for me is the text—is mm. the fact that it's poetry. Um, I often will ask a class, could you raise your hand if you struggle with poetry? And ask for a verbal, some kind of sign, but obviously I can't do that here. <laughs> but could you, and I teach uh, online Bible study through Zoom, mm-hmm. and I'll often ask the participants, to give me a thumbs up if that's a struggling point for them mm-hmm. or if they can relate. But again, I can't do that mm-hmm. either. But my number one struggle, and I think the number one challenge would be to understand the text as a way it's written. Mm-hmm. To um, It makes a difference if you know who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are 155 psalms there are a lot of chapters mm-hmm. and there's a large portion by david and there's one by moses so yeah. knowing the context of that psalm does bring an understanding to it
0: yeah it's different and then when you open up another book of the bible because, it reads like a story yeah typically yeah. you find one or maybe another author that is you know kind of the suggested people that probably wrote it I don't think there's another book of the Bible that has so many contributors right, to it. Right.
1: Well, and there's a large por- portion that's anonymous. Yeah. So then again, I think everything I read. And studied. And and I was so thrilled that you asked me to come be a part of this because each time you have a calling or an invitation to do something, you up your game and you learn even more than you already did. Mm. And mm. oftentimes, um, I mean, I don't usually clean my house unless I have somebody come into my house and you <laughs> need to clean your house. Otherwise you you pick up and tidy, but you don't yeah. really clean. Right. So the, everything that I read talked about the the um went back to the emotions Hmm. so it wasn't so much the authors as Hmm. much as it was the emotions Hmm. and one particular thing that i read that i believe can be a challenge to psalms is it's really a call to action Hmm. we are called to do what the psalmist did Hmm. and i found it it showed um, timothy keller showed five things to do one was commit yourselves to god so, as you're reading, you're going to see a level of commitment. You're going to be drawn to commit yourself to God, to depend on God. The psalmist set examples, not only of commitment, but also dependence. And you said, in those emotions, it's so much better to go to Him than to go to your friend. Hmm. But our telephones and our texting and our social media, all of those um, mediums allow us to go to a person before we go to the one Hmm. who is the comforter of our souls. Hmm. So that dependency on God, you seek comfort in God. You'll see the psalmist seeking comfort in knowing who he is, which is another huge element that knowing the psalms is going to allow you to know your God Hmm. more and when you know him more, you're going to be drawn to seek comfort and seek dependence and to seek counsel and from him. Hmm. But if you don't know who he is, you're kind of like, why would I go to him? Right, right. What does he have to offer me? Right. And the psalmists do a really great job of pointing you to him. Yeah. And they always come back to him. And then finding mercy. Hmm. You see mercy in the psalms. Hmm. And the psalms show us how to find mercy in hmm. God. It's a really beautiful thought. (laughs) I mean, called to action, but each one of those actions takes you to God or in God Mm -hmm. or from God. But that's why we say that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Hmm. Hmm. In the Psalms, you're interacting with the one who created you yes and you see that it's it's beautiful to think that we're called to action
0: but we're not called alone by Amen. any means we're, we're called with him i mean he leads us he goes before us he is with us emmanuel uh god with us and mm. that's really exemplified in yeah. the psalms so yeah. what are some tips you would give to someone who's deciding to open the psalms
1: I would, I would say that um, have, your, have your Bible, mm-hmm. have your, your NAS, your mm-hmm. ESV, have your NLT or mm-hmm. your message beside. Mm-hmm. Um, I will read from the NLT in the message, but I never study from it because mm-hmm. it's not word for word. Mm-hmm. And um, there are times that I'm called to study mm-hmm. the word to find out original meanings and to find out context. And then, as I said, there's other times where I'm just called to sit on the sofa with the Lord mm-hmm. and just allow him to to speak into me through mm-hmm. his word. Commentaries, um, came downstairs one day, my father-in-law's a pastor, he was visiting the house and he was sitting in a green chair, very much like this brown one we're sitting in. He's always got his iPad open, always, mm-hmm. or his computer, very rarely has a hard book in his hand anymore, but I always know he's reading. <laughs> so I said, dad, what are you reading this morning? And he goes, oh, Lisa, I'm just in a commentary this morning. And no kidding, Jillian, I was like, I'm sorry, you're in what? Now, I use commentaries, but I use them in writing my material, my messages, my teaching. I used them when I was writing both my Bible studies. But to just sit and read a commentary, I sat down next to him, I'm like, tell me about that, please. And he's like, well, I often read commentaries because it broadens and and strengthens my knowledge of the book and I read it like it's another book. So Matthew Henry and John MacArthur yes. really love those commentaries and and Matthew And a lot
0: of them are free. I mean Matthew Henry on YouVersion Version is in Blue Letter free. Bible, mm-hmm. you can find
1: him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I call him Matt now. I feel like we spent some time together. <laughs> Your buddies. I don't really know if he's okay with that, but he's not told me <laughs> no yet. And I sometimes have to look at Matt and say, Back up. Yeah. Say that again, Matt. Yeah. And I read the unabridged commentary. I feel that God is constantly asking me to stretch my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lisa, you're an elementary teacher, but through my spirit that lives in you, I can give you more knowledge than you knew you could handle. Mm -hmm. So I often sit with him, with Matt, and with God, and I have to read things several times, but that's okay. So having a commentary there, having a translation that is paraphrase versus the the NAS gives you like a parallel right there side by side, um, meditating Mm -hmm. on on this psalm, not feeling like you need to read so many chapters in a reading plan that you gotta get it done, but reading one psalm and then reading just two verses. Mm -hmm. And really asking the Spirit that's alive in you to bring that passage alive hmm. in you. It's complete, for me, it's complete interaction, Jillian, the hmm. Psalm especially. Hmm. I mean, you know, there's there's passages that, that you could read through, especially in the New Testament, yeah. that you can get it, you can see the call to action, you can yeah. see here what Paul's saying. But the Psalm, I'm realizing, is such a huge part of our New Testament, hmm. So when you start reading the New Testament and you start seeing scripture, kind of like the hymns, but you start seeing scripture in Paul and Peter's writing and you all of a sudden realize that they're quoting without that footnote okay like i mean we all know the footnotes are there right but you notice the wording the shepherd in john and the shepherd in john in psalm 23 you notice the wording of the cornerstone Mm. you you notice the wording of your enemies and the call out to you start seeing jesus in the psalms because you're in the New Testament, which is typically where we will go. Right. But when you start seeing scripture, yes. interpret scripture, yeah. all of a sudden you've got those Holy Spirit goosebumps yeah. and you're like, Lord, this is alive and active yes. and sharper than a double edged sword. Right. And I need to be in it. There's some really great resources, yeah, books yeah. that you can read that will help you grasp, but I always, and I say always, which they never say you should, they always say you should say never (laughs) always, but I always believe that first you give the spirit the opportunity to speak before you go to what the spirit has said to man. Eugene Peterson has some great books on the psalm, Mm. on the songs of ascent. Mm. Timothy Keller has a great book on reading through the psalm, but again, allow God To reveal himself through his spirit Mm -hmm. as you're studying the psalm Mm -hmm. before you bring in your tools Mm -hmm. to help you understand. Because then I'm still getting what God said to Eugene, not that God can't use that, but I desire... Like just my husband, I want my husband to look at me and tell me how much he loves me. I don't want my girlfriend to come up and say, Lise, did you know Dennis really loves you? Hmm. And I'd be like, well, it sure would be great to hear it from him. Yeah. Well, he I know he's really missing you today. Well, it sure would be nice to know it from him. So to have that experience with God yes. in his word that's alive and active right. before I bring man yeah. in, to be a tool that God would use for me to help me understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: I absolutely. And I it definitely, you know, I've been in 1st, uh, 2nd, and 3rd John. And um, I said this in the prophecy episode, but I believe it's worth saying here, is that in 1st John 2... John really encourages us to take hold of that mm. anointing that the Holy Spirit has given yeah. us. And he says something kind of controversial. He says, you don't need anybody to teach you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, what's ironic about it is he's teaching while he's saying yeah. that. But but he's saying, you have the greatest teacher available to you, and his teaching gives you the ability to test all other teaching. And what I when you ask God to... To show you Himself in the Scripture and to make those connections, He will. I just made one, and I'd love to to invite you into that because um, Psalm twenty three is is one of the most well known Mm -hmm. Psalms, I think, and um, it's you know what is it six verses, and um, it says, "The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." You know, it it introduces the Lord as uh, a shepherd. I believe it's in John. Good. <laughs> she knew it. I knew. You. <laughs> this is why we're doing this. Uh, John Ten says, "I am the good shepherd." Mm, right, amen. and Jesus is fulfilling, you know what what it says in, in Psalms um, by and in, in identifying Himself as God and yes. as the good shepherd. Um, and so that's beautiful. I think when we um, when we start studying the Psalms. A lot of what Jesus says makes a lot of sense, and it's um, just like this spark that happens when you're in the Bible, when you see those kinds of connections, and Jesus – Jesus purposefully identifying himself in that way so that we would be able to make those
1: connections. Do you know, and we've taken a lot of a lot of ideas, in, um, and I will say crammed, mm-hmm. because is God kept – in Psalm 119, verse 130, it says that he will unfold his truths to mm-hmm. the simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my verse. For She's writing, pointing at herself. Yeah. Which, again, <laughs> you cannot see. But that was my verse in writing Galatians and Ephesians, because um, – because of being an elementary teacher by trade as well, that he said, I will unfold my truth to the simple, which I find great encouragement. Doesn't mean that you need a theology degree or go to seminary, that he will unfold his truths to yeah. the simple. And then we've crammed a lot in, but Eugene Peterson's book is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. <laughs> So truly, truly being okay and wanting to encourage the listeners today that um, first, we don't know how long we will live. But Mm -hmm. but right now, today, if we're listening, we're breathing, Mm -hmm. which means we have another day to study, Mm -hmm. Um, was up this morning at six with a beautiful hour Mm -hmm. in the word. And, and putting pieces together. And it's you can't ever really consolidate when you said, give us a, a, a picture of who you are. and we <laughs> It's really hard even in your spiritual walk to do that because the things that you know at this point in time, Jillian, you didn't just learn last week. No, yeah. It's right. all the Bible studies that you've done through Dayton Women in the Word. Mm-hmm. It's all the reading you've personally done. And the same for me. Mm-hmm. The books that I've read, the studying I've done, and the sitting In his word and just reading it for no other reason Mm -hmm. but to be in communion with him. Mm -hmm. So realizing that these connections, that seeing Christ in the Psalms Mm -hmm. takes really knowledge to know the New Testament, mm-hmm. to know who Christ was mm-hmm. and what the disciples and who they said he was, to then be able to recognize him. It's almost like you know who he is, what he's done and his characteristics and his life. So then you can see it because it doesn't spell it straight out. Right. But you see it there. Yes, and and if you look at the bottom of your Bible, there's a footnote that yes. says what Psalm to go to. <laughs> right, but but being, I mean, my heart started singing mm-hmm. when God allowed me to start seeing those connections yeah. and. And it was a personal experience for me, not yeah. just somebody else teaching it to me. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. It's mm. personal. It, it is. It is. It's between you and him and you take ownership of it and you see it for the investment that it is for the long haul. You and know? it spurs you yeah, to absolutely. keep going. Yeah. You want more. Yeah. And it's contagious because you want everybody else to have that too. And, and like we talked about earlier with the Starbucks incident where we, we were saying that look other people are seeing uh this relationship lived Mm -hmm. out as well
1: what beautiful encouragement thank you for sharing with us today thanks for having me yeah it was awesome i just can i share one more thing for sure okay the psalms is divided into five books and um those are kind of um inconsequential to what i want to say okay this kind of is a life lesson i've done a lot of precepts Um, studying Mm. and and i i've seen dating women in the word i've seen posts on facebook of the gals who are in your studies um, tearing up the word dividing it um, taking the words apart, the sentence structures, and really yes. getting into the text yes. and and doing that. And one of the things that I read, Matthew Henry, Matthew, yeah. he and I were together, and he <laughs> said, um, this is how the Psalms are divided, five books. But then he goes on to say, let good Christians divide them for themselves, <laughs> so as may best increase their acquaintance with them. Because once you know them well enough, then you will be able to divide them yourselves instead of following these man-made divisions, which is what is in our word now. He goes on to say that "That they may have them at hand upon all occasions and may send them in the spirit and with understanding. Hmm. So to know the Psalms well enough that you could divide them, even though they are already divided, but his goal is that you want to know them Hmm. that well. And you, we want to know the scriptures. And in precepts, that's that's dividing the scriptures by theme, of which the Psalms really doesn't have any theme except those emotions. They're not organized in any certain way. But just really seeking to know the scriptures because knowing the scriptures allows you to know God more. And you'll know him more intimately as you know him firsthand, as we've talked about.
0: Amen. Is division one of those elementary principles you had to teach? Division. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's a good word for us because uh, if you can, um, if you can boil it down to how you would speak to uh, an eight-year-old, mm-hmm. or even challenge yourself further, a four-year-old, yeah. then that means you have a really good understanding. Yes. And so, um, a good question always to ask yourself is, how would I explain this to my kiddo or my friend's kiddo? Um, and realizing that you're kind of the kiddo God is teaching in that moment. And he's doing that for you as you are challenging yourself to divide you know, uh, divide the scriptures. That... There's a
1: lot of parallels with the classroom hmm. and I didn't see it till I started substituting. Cause usually when you teach, you teach one grade yeah, and you kind of stay central to that. Yeah. But substituting, I started realizing there are seasons within the year that the kids are, are learning fractions hmm. or learning condensation or mm-hmm. evaporation or a certain part of history. Mm-hmm. And it's all lined up for them to all be learning the same thing at the same time of the year. Hmm. But when you sub in first grade one day and then you go to fourth grade, the next Next day, and then you bounce around to third and fifth. You see, wow, they're learning the same thing, the same topic, but a a different skill or a different Mm. level of depth. Mm. And so the Bible is the same way. God will have you in seasons as you walk with Him, where you are learning basics, Mm
0: -hmm. keep
1: important elements, and then He's going to take you deeper, and you're going to learn deeper things that He has for you. But Mm. just as we go through school and education. It's, I feel like it's very much the same yeah. as it is learning God's word.
0: Yeah. We're always a student. We're always learning. Same
1: God. God's college. We're never going to master it. Not no. until we're in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. That's refreshing and yeah. relieving to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can sit back and just mm. receive. Mm.
0: I can't think of a better way to end us here today, Lisa. Thank you. You're welcome. It
1: was a pleasure. Thank you.